Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hi everyone and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast with myself, Chris Tuck and... I'm Beverly Ann. Then hello. Hello again, everyone. <laughs> so what is this week's topic of conversation, Beverly? Well, we're going to be talking about self-harm. And like anything, we love open conversations about subjects that can be quite challenging, but also to look at some of the myths and also, you know, understanding about self-harm, but what we can do when we're in that place that we want to self-harm. Okay. Very emotive subject. And we just want the, all our listeners to just take care and just be aware if any of this triggers you to obviously leave, make yourself feel safe and reach out to self-help groups, self-help lines if they need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to read out something. And and I will be very honest, I'm actually doing a higher qualification at the moment. Okay. And it's all about suicide and self-harm. So I've got previous certificates, but I like to keep them up and fresh anyway. What's also really interesting is how language changes. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to read out something from the course that I can share. And it's it's when it starts talking about self-harm, what is self-harm? And self-harm is when an individual physically harms themselves as a way of dealing with very difficult feelings, painful memories, or overwhelming situations and experiences. Now, one of the things we're going to be very careful about here is not glorifying anything, mm -hmm. but also not dismissing so, yeah. you know, this is where it's very tricky here. And I say tricky because we're very aware of the topic and the, the seriousness of it. But for me, one of the things that came to light um, is, yes, I'm very aware of self-harm. I'm very aware of some of the national figures, which I'm not going to go into. But one of the things that really was highlighted, and I do know through different experiences, that... Um, the number of younger people that are self-harming themselves in different ways has grown exponentially. And we're not going to sit here and talk about all the various reasons, but one of the key things that we know anyway is that when we become overwhelmed, when we're unable to, to verbalise our feelings, our thoughts, um, we tend to isolate ourselves. So we isolate ourselves internally and everything goes inside, but we also tend to isolate ourselves from people and society. And isolation has a really big physical impact, not just on our mental health, but on our physical health. And one of the figures that came up about isolation is Isolation, especially in forced isolation, and we've all gone through that over the last couple of years, is that it's more harmful to our bodies than smoke, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. Wow. So I just wanted to get that out there because this is something that 
straight away, when we find ourselves isolating ourselves, when we find ourselves, you know, staying in the home, staying in the bedroom, it's not enforced now, but that doesn't mean to say that everybody feels comfortable now about going back into um, their community and engaging with their friends. And this could be, I'm not saying it is, but it, it could be one of the factors why there's such an increase in self-harm with younger people. Yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? That, yeah. that is increased up for increased for that reason. Yeah. So that's that's quite an interesting perspective. The other thing is about the word self-harm. I don't know about you, Chris, but for myself, for other people, when when you ask them what does self-harm mean to you, because I've been asking a lot of people, yeah. we think of people. Um, cutting themselves and yes. that is that is one and you know some people say it's a cry for help I like to say actually because I like to think of communication it's a cry for support it's yes. saying there's so much going on inside I don't know how to verbalize it yeah I want support yeah now as we've spoken in loads of different conversations there are there's never a one two three fix and it's done but if you become aware of somebody harming themselves in that way you know don't be frightened by it but just quietly just say to them I see you've you've hurt yourself how did that come about ask them about it yeah often we're very scared to do that though aren't we because um when I worked in the psychiatric hospital I shan't name it but they used to say, don't bring attention to it because it is a sign of attention seeking. But even back then and not being a clinician, it didn't sit right with me. And the no. way that you've explained it does sit right with me. It, it, it speaks of um, I'm really going through something. I don't know how to verbalize. So please, can someone help me? Um, yeah. But they also did say, don't ignore it, but don't bring attention to it um but I think if you ask that individual that's going through that outright if the conversation goes that way mm. um then it gives them the opportunity doesn't it to sort of like share what's going on for them and even if they can't find the right words even if yeah. they say you know it's all too much for me at the moment yeah okay so and I think this is where it comes on from people wanting to fix we all want to you know if we are yes. if someone's unhappy the first thing we want to do is change that for them but we can't but what we can do is just be there and support yeah be an ear the way that they need to be supported or want to be supported absolutely That's a hard lesson it's a very hard lesson so for me, if I'm in that situation, you know, I'll sit there quietly, allow them to say what they want. If they're crying, do you want a tissue? Do you want a drink? It's okay to cry because that's mm -hmm. a release. Yeah. Crying's a release. It's nothing to be yeah. scared of. It's like, thank you. It's letting it out. But also, is there anything you would like me to do for you? Yeah. They might say no. But then, it's okay to say, well, I'm going to check in with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. in a few days time. So you're already opening that. You haven't changed anything, but you have. You've given that support to somebody and allowed them that moment. Oh, okay. I, I have an avenue. I have someone yes. 
that I can, I have a release. Yeah. But there's all different ways of self-harm. Correct. And this was really, really interesting because we went into it further. Um, because self-harm can even be being negligent towards ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not feeding ourselves, overfeeding over ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Not washing ourselves. Um, overuse of um, alcohol. Overuse of drugs. And when I say drugs, I'm talking about prescribed drugs and also other drugs because yeah. it's it's all of a form of medication to try and numb how we feel. So that exactly. all comes into self-harm. So, again, that's always a hard subject, but be aware. And also, I think it's really important to be aware of support crisis lines. So okay. the Samaritans listening so the samaritans is always a fantastic line to have because it's 24 hours mm -hmm. because if somebody's in that place where they are self-harming and they've now got you that they can open up to what if they want to speak to someone at two o'clock in the morning what about three o'clock in the morning but if you've been able to give them a number that they can call, that's part of what I like to call a wellness toolbox or somebody might like to call it a crisis box. So it's yeah. an action that you're giving to enable someone to have support. And I and think again, it'd be up to them, won't it, to access that or not? Absolutely. But something that you and I talk about all the time as well is about not disabling somebody. Yeah. Empowering um, them. Empowering yeah. them, enabling, you know, allowing them to make their choice, no matter how low they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've not, often not been taught that throughout their lives. They've always been disempowered. So wherever you can, even if they're right down you know, low, down on their knees, literally, you still have to give them that opportunity to feel empowered. Absolutely. Now, we could go on on further to suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And that that is part of self-harm. Doesn't mean to say that someone's going to um, complete suicide, but they may have suicidal thoughts. But again, by having the conversation, by being able to have a crisis um, box or self-care toolbox again you're giving choice to somebody who feels that they don't have choice and that in itself is valuable and it's huge we was I'm not an expert on suicide Beverly I've done yeah. no courses but I've had conversations with people and um, it's almost like the people that I've spoken to have said it's almost like the, the thinking part of their brain is switched off and they're just going with their emotions, um, how they're feeling or not feeling, you know, that they can't reach out. They feel like they're, um, everybody around them is better off without them because they are causing too much trouble or they're too much of a burden. This is how the person that I spoke to or mm. people that I've spoken to have felt. And I'm like, um, it's almost like if you feel that way, that you've got to have a safe word 
that you can share with your friends and family that if you find that you are in that position and you're not thinking straight because you, you can't be if you're in that kind of um, mode of think of feeling, then if you can remember that one word that you could just pick up the phone or write it or whatever and just say that word, then everybody knows that it is urgent, that it is um, life threatening and that they can step in and really help you so that you don't need to say how you're feeling, how you're thinking, but that word means all of that. And I think that is um, a re- one good coping mechanism because I think that that's really useful when we come back to self-harm as well because it's giving you a word to use. That means yes. you don't have to explain anything further. Yeah. I'm going to quickly touch on the suicide part and okay. I don't want anyone to worry that's listening. There's one thing straight away again, when someone's in that place, they feel so low, they feel they don't have any other options. Yeah. And it's okay to ask questions because we think, oh, we're not going to speak about it because if we do, we'll call someone to, to do something. No, no, completely. That is an absolute myth. Yeah. That is an absolute myth. Same as self-harming. We don't cause people to do that because we've opened a conversation. Okay? Yeah. So people get scared. Absolutely. So if I'm having a conversation with somebody and I will say I've done different courses, as I said, and I'm doing another one again now. So it, it, it is something that um, I do do regularly and anyone can have access and anyone um, to courses. So anyone interested who's listening to this, contact us and I'm more than happy to signpost you to a course. Um, but the first question I say to them is, okay, you're feeling suicidal, you've got suicidal thoughts. Is it your life you want to end or is it how you feel? Yeah, the pain. Yeah. And that question in itself mm-hmm. gives, you will find that most people will say, it's the pain. I just yeah. want every, everything to go quiet or yeah. I just want to stop feeling this pain. Yeah. But some others, they may say, I want to end my life. Yeah. And then you ask, and this is scary at first. So, how do you plan to end your life? Now, this is when you'll find that most people will not be really have clarity on that. And, and also then again, it can frighten them. And then it gives them the opportunity to say, actually, that's not what, what I really want to do. I'm looking for help. I'm looking yeah. for support. I just didn't have the words, but thank you because you've opened it for me and it's scary. For somebody that then follows up and says, actually this is how I want to do it and this is what I've done that is then when you can say well I'm here with you you're important let's go to A&E or is there somebody that can take you to A&E today yeah and even for those people that have been sure of what they've wanted to do when they've had that opportunity and they've been spoken to afterwards they'll have told you that they've responded and said I just didn't know what else to do Mm. and I thought that was my only option but I'm so glad now retrospectively to see that it wasn't my only option so just we have addressed that and that wasn't going to be part of the narrative but you know what we're (laughs) like yeah Yeah. we go we go with the flow so I want to come back let's come back to self-harming anyway 
because I think now we've started to talk about this and get some of the myths out of the way, okay? Um, actually about what self-harming is, is what else can we put in place? You said that great, great thing about having a word, having a word. So if you're a young person and you're at school, you know, find a trusted adult. Now, as you and I know, that's not always easy. It may be through a friend you find a trusted adult. It may be that the first adult you go to doesn't know how to deal with the information and they're actually scared. And sadly, that is reality. I'm not going to make it seem fluffy and sugarcoat it. So go to another adult. Go Mm -hmm. to one who listens to you. Or have a good friend that will help you find someone to listen to you. And agree that word. If you feel that it's pain, physical pain, that you want to inflict on yourself, now there's several different ways you can do it. Rather than cutting yourself in any way, how about having an elastic band on your wrist and pinging it? Yeah? Yeah? Because that's a really good way. So it's it's an option. It's still allowing you to understand I've got pain like going on mentally and doing it so you can do that flick your wristband another way is having a pen because as we said often when we're doing when when the self-harming comes in it's yes to transfer the physical pain but also it's a physical sign of saying this is what's going on in my head and I can't verbalize it so Mm -hmm. if that's what you need use a pen yeah, use a felt tip and mark yourself. Now, okay. when you mark yourself, you then have a choice of how you want to mark yourself. Do you want to give yourself a little bit of love? Is there, you know, favourite animals or something like that? So make a choice. So you're still using something, but you're actually, you're using something in a nicer way for yourself to show that you've got something going on in your head. And if you want it to be in a black pen with all dark words and that, that's fine too. No one's telling you that it's got to be light and fluffy. But Before looking... you go on, is there a pen that isn't poisonous to the skin that people could buy? I, I'm just being logical and practical because if you're writing on your drawing on yourself as a coping mechanism, it might just poison you if you do it too much. Yes. Well, I'd like to think, and I hear what you're saying, one yeah. of the words that we try to take, stay away from is coping me- mechanism. Okay. Okay. Um, and Stand that's, to be corrected. You've done the uh, course. Yeah. And and, no, and the thing is, that's why we like having these conversations yeah. because that's what this is all about. It's about learning. Um, that's a very valid point, and I am not going to recommend any because I don't know yeah. any. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my way of thinking, rightly or wrongly, and someone might pull me up for this, is actually I think it would be better to use the pen regardless of yeah, if, absolutely. if yeah. you react on it. Yeah. But I hear you. And maybe that's something if you know someone who's gifting, maybe you can do that research. And how lovely yeah. is that, that you've researched further for them and said, I found these pens. Yeah. They're not toxic to you in any way. Yeah. But kind of. So, yeah and that's 
that's a lovely feeling to receive, yeah. receive a gift like that. So there's a couple of um, ways with that. If it's alcohol, you know, I don't know about you. I know that um, when I'm overstressed, where things have got too much, yeah, I love alcohol. And there was a time that I'd come home from work, open the fridge, pour a glass of wine, and I'm putting my hand up here and think, oh, that doesn't taste nice. Next thing, the bottle's actually empty. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, I want a nice drink. Does it have to be the wine? Is it the wine you want? How about a nice drink in a lovely glass that isn't necessarily wine? Yeah. Or alcohol. And if you're finding that you can't do that, even for 48 hours, then maybe you may need additional help. And that's okay too. Yeah. Because um, I've been lucky enough to be in what they call the rooms of AA and NA, and they're actually really uh, welcoming groups and even if you're not sure if you go to an open meeting you're able to go and and just find out do I need extra support no one will say get out yeah but if you find that you are self-harming yourself with any substance such as drugs or alcohol you are able to go there and if you're somebody who's who's living with someone who is not coping well with the alcohol drinks uh, drugs did you know you can go to Al-Anon spell that for people A-L and yeah. then Anon so Al-Anon that's for alcohol um, that's for friends family or anyone around you you're coping with someone around you and I say coping yeah. you're trying to look after yourself mm -hmm. while they're in that place so yeah. you can go you can go to Al-Anon which is for alcohol, or you can go to CNON, which is for drugs, etc. Again, right. I'll put some of this information in the yeah. comments box for people. But can you see how we've got lots of support around there? Yeah. Not for the person, not only for the person that's self-harming, but yeah. for the others around those people, because we want to try and do the best that we can, but coming back to that enabling enabling for the right reasons and supporting yeah i've often been told though and through my own experiences of obviously working at psychiatric psychiatric hospital that you can help and support people who want to help themselves but if they don't want to help themselves you you really need to step away to protect yourself and to allow them to realize that you will be there but you're not there to enable them you're there to help and support them get better um and and, and to change but if you're part of actually enable them in their downward spiral or their lifestyle that 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 is not that's not a good thing to be doing and this is where we look at the word enable because it's like yes. everything has two sides yeah so for instance alcohol you know or anything that someone is doing, if you're if you're getting support for yourself, and then you can see that you're enabling in the in the best way possible. And I say best way because, as you said, if that person doesn't want help, you can't make them. But what you can do is open the conversation, and 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 show by what you're doing. I'm, I'm next to you, and I know someone very close to me who's an addict. Mm -hmm. you know that person knows I love them but I'm very clear on my boundaries 
and I have right. to do that for my own self-care yeah. but that also means that that person has a clear message when they're fully ready to to start their journey on recovery you know there'll be no judgment and there is no judgment but I am also not going to enable the self-harm at the moment yeah hard though isn't it none of this is Very easy hard. no it's not but you know what by not talking about it yeah actually do you remember that isolation that i talked about at the beginning mm -hmm. and how harmful that is yeah 15 times like more than smoking 15 cigarettes a day so by helping breaking the cycle and that's two what we're all forwards. about <laughs> two step forward yeah we didn't say any of this would be easy, but also no. that's why we're having these conversations. We are. Wow. Yeah. Have you got any more myths up your sleeves, Beverly, that need to be busted? I do. Um, I, one of the things I'm going to say about, and we spoke about suicide, is mm -hmm. um, um, the word commit. Right. Commit suggests it's an illegal act, that it's an act of crime. And actually, it's not a, um, a crime now. What we say is died by or completed. And I'm very careful and I'm being very aware. You know, I know people that sadly have died by suicide. And I know some people listening here. And it's, it's, it's absolutely earth shattering. That's why I'm so passionate about opening this also, um, it's men mostly that die by suicide. And that's, that's for 45 years of age and younger. And that those rates are higher than heart attack or cancer. Do they say why such a high rate of men do complete yes. suicide? Um, that's not saying that more women, more, more women don't attempt it because yeah. more women do. Right. however it's the way they choose and that's what I'm not going to go into the different ways because okay. yeah. I don't want to glorify it in no. any way but it's the methods that they choose also then we can look at some of the things that happen look at some of the messages that men are brought up with yeah don't cry men don't cry don't be a cry yeah. baby you need yeah. to be tougher I'm not saying women don't have this as well but in a different way yeah, and these yeah. are the social societal messages yeah also what's important is looking at the socio like economics of yeah. where someone's living about their community what's around them you know are they living in an environment where there's abject poverty are they living in an environment where there's no work no jobs that's not to say that when when we talk about poverty, that just because you're surrounded with money doesn't mean to say you don't have these same thoughts because you yeah, do. But you we're do, talking yeah. about the larger majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but acknowledging everybody. Also, if you think about traditions, family traditions, and this is where the self-harm can start, expectations. Yeah. Not living up to family traditions and expectations. Yeah, you know, um, religious beliefs within the family, whether or not they're yours. You know, this is this is the family you've been born into. These are our religious beliefs, um, and also gender. 
you know, LGBTQ. If you think of, you know, the, the prejudice and the fear of coming out and, you know, the acceptability and being marginalised within their own, um, say, family and family members, it's trying to find a community that's right for them. And that's mm. the same with everybody. We're survivors of abuse. Now, we're not looking to recruit anyone in to join us, but we wouldn't have spoken out for years. And I, I know I didn't, but as soon as I started, I then went, wanted to find other survivors. Other people, yeah, that yeah. through similar, yeah. Yeah, not that I don't want to be with people that haven't, because that's not true at all. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I wanted to know that I was normal. Yeah, yeah. And we absolutely are. Sadly, yes. Yeah, sadly. And I say sadly, yeah. So there's many different reasons for self-harming. And and I'm not saying that anyone who self-harms ends up having suicidal thoughts. And that is a, that I need to get clear because that is a myth as well. And that's where some people get really frightened by it. Okay? Yeah. So that's important. But again, we were talking about spectrums last week, weren't we? And this is, again, an, another spectrum. And you can find yourself at one end, at the other, in the middle, at different times in your life. Um, and also, um, as you clearly said, it, it's all about just removing the pain. You just want the pain to go away. So whatever you're doing, even if it ends up with suicide, you just want the pain to end. So what can we do to help people recognise the pain that they're in and what can they do to um, turn that around so that they can lessen the pain or um, get out of that pain cycle so that it doesn't lead to self-harm? Well, hopefully after hearing this podcast, I'm not saying that message is going to come home for everybody. But for, if at least one person is hearing this, this is a start. And this is where I'm very passionate on this. So, for instance, if you are physically self-harming and cutting yourself, please make sure that you keep any of your injuries um, well protected for healing. You know, if you find that they're getting really um, infected, please see somebody and then they can be bandaged and they can heal. And it's when we see that bandage as well, that that actually is also a message about that pain that we're feeling internally. Do you know what? We can also heal that with different steps and it does start with our self-care. So what can you do? So there's, um, when we say, what can we do? You and I will have something that we do when we're feeling at our lowest, but it's a small thing. So even if I'm feeling not well, I like to clean my teeth and when I'm cleaning my teeth I look in the mirror and it makes me feel loved and nurtured because I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm loving myself with yours you you like your physical exercise don't you mm -hmm. yeah yeah I have what? to have that um feeling of the endorphins that make me just feel energized it just shifts my mood yeah so even if you're feeling tired You'll take yeah, yourself outside. Yeah. yeah. And even if, you know, it doesn't have to be for a long time. It's been no. for five minutes. Yeah. So for anyone, we've um, gave you some other ideas about snapping the band on your wrist, um, even having the pens. 
but think about some other things that can help you change how you're feeling at that time. Make a list. What's your word that you've chosen? Yeah. Who have you spoken about having that word? Have you so, communicated it clearly? Yeah, yeah. Can you speak to them? If you can't speak to them, who can you speak to? So if it's two o'clock in the morning, do you have the Samaritan's number yeah. right by you? And did you know you don't have to just pick up the phone? You can actually access Samaritans on your mobile phone. Right. Like chat, so, chat. Text. Yes. Yeah. So you can save Samaritans in your search bar on your phone mm -hmm. and you can um, email them, but you can do a chat with them as well. Because sometimes that's the way and it's finding a way that's right for you. Yeah. Definitely. So that, you know, like I said, so if you've got your crisis box or I like to say self-care box, mm -hmm. because for me, self-care isn't about just doing it when you're in crisis. Yeah. Self-care is about in our recovery, learning to learning to make it part of our everyday living. Yeah. So yeah. even as we're talking, I've got water here. So I don't dehydrate, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there's all these different helplines out there. There is, um, you, I say go to your GP if you can get an appointment, but um, they are the gateway to mental health services, um, unless you can afford to go private. Yeah. But I've even been told today that accessing a psychiatrist privately, you still have to have a GP referral in some instances. Well, which blew my mind but I know for a fact that you can self-refer to many places if you do have the budget to do that yes yes so at the end of the day it it's finding that way which is the hardest yeah it's finding that way to communicate in a different method that you're feeling pain yeah and that you'll you need some support and to find some something that works for you for self-care I know our 30 minutes has probably gone over but there was one thing I just really wanted to bring up um sometimes an individual can become so destructive and so um demanding on the people around them that have been supporting them that that person who's the supporter just has had enough and just wants wants out of the relationship because it's toxic yeah what would you say about that um to that supporter that maybe feels like they failed the person um but i know what you're going to say anyway but i i just want to clarify what you would say to that supporter who found themselves in that position and also maybe raising awareness to that person who is going through stuff and may have become in a cycle of what we call victimhood which we will probably have to discuss another time but is very demanding of the people that are supporting them and they need to acknowledge that as well they need to acknowledge their role in this absolutely because and i've been there as well you know i'll put my hands up i've been here as well in different scenarios mm -hmm. when we come to talk about self-care that includes boundaries and when mm -hmm. we talk about boundaries you know when you're on an airplane and they talk about that oxygen mask yeah 
and they say put that on first before you put it on your children or anyone else and I used to think years ago no I'm putting it on my children first I I didn't understand what it meant now I understand it if you're if you're putting all your energy into looking after somebody else and you're not looking after you then what happens is you become ill or affected by that or the oxygen mask you don't have any oxygen mm-hmm. so by putting the oxygen mask on yourself you can then help as many people as you want that comes into the same way yeah. so if you have been supporting somebody and they they just don't want to help themselves or it becomes it's the environment's so toxic and it's not right for you then you can actually disengage yeah but make sure you've given the information to that person yeah and you'll see them in a week's time in a month's time in six months time but get support for yourself too as yeah. I said about you know Alanon, Alanon. You, you you know anyone you know we know that um we may be survivors of sexual abuse but being um close to someone who's a survivor they need may need um, support as well they've got understanding you know we're in relationships with different people you know sometimes this it becomes too intense for them yeah they need support and it's okay if we all have support we then become interdependent not codependent on each other right and what we're not doing is putting everyone before ourselves keeping we need to keep ourselves well so if something's toxic then we need to remove but there are still ways of removing and i'm not saying not going to sugarcoat it it's not always easy Mm -hmm. but we have to think about that as well yeah we do yeah and what about the person that's maybe not aware that they're in the loop of being destructive how do they break the cycle obviously getting support not, if they're, not aware. they're yeah, not aware if they're not aware no and and that's Unless, the sad thing yeah so that's why we started this talk about self-harm because you can see it it's a physical sign yeah okay yeah. it's a physical sign when someone's drinking you can you can see that someone's drinking you can see that someone's really unhappy and when I'm saying drinking I'm not saying the occasion but they're really unhappy they're harming yeah. themselves they're putting them, themselves in danger and I think that's that's the key thing. Yeah. But you can only have that conversation, let them go. Like this person that's close to me. I can love them. I can open the conversation, but I can't make them do something. Yeah, it's that analogy, isn't it? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah. So mm. my gifts tend to be about wellness. Yeah, yeah. A bit like well, your pens that you were thinking of. You know, know. I mean, that's a really good idea. But can you imagine that gift? How blessing, how how lovely is that? Yeah, yeah. Beverly, we've got to draw it to a close, I'm afraid, because I I think we've gone over our 30 minutes, as per usual. Um, Any lasting thoughts that you want to send out on this podcast? I just want to send out to anybody who is listening to this and you you find yourself self-harming or suddenly realize oh maybe I have been self-harming my way myself in ways I hadn't realized is that you're not alone okay there's nothing to be 
feel shameful for or guilty for, please reach out for support. And as I said, if the first person that you reach out to is unable to support you, and it may be through their own fear, please reach out again to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for all of your wisdom in today's podcast. And we would we would love to hear from people. We would love to hear their comments or what we've said. And we would love to hear about future topics that people want covered as well. Now you can say what you would like to say. Well, I was going to say, Chris, what about your last thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah, a bit of a heavy one, I think, but really important to draw attention to it as it is an issue for some people it is some people's realities and to break the taboo around that all of that silence that may make people feel um, ashamed uh, guilty responsible to take all of that away and just reach out for the help that they need yeah, yeah. right so look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast Chris and goodbye Absolutely. to everybody Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.